Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to talk about the GM driving plot in a game? Or like the players driving the plot in the game? That's a good point. We should probably talk about both. Yeah, okay. Both is good. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your host who's sitting here in a somewhat damp t-shirt, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda, sitting here in a giant sweatshirt because it's cold out now. (laughs) Yes, apparently we are experiencing two different weathers right now. (laughs) Very, very different temperatures. It is 80-something out, and I was puttering. I should say puttering. I have been uh, cleaning and baking all morning, hence I'm like my T-shirt's like sweaty, right? Like sweaty teddy here. Mm. Um, My T-shirt's all sweaty. And you are like, we log in and you are like bundled up in a sweatshirt. (laughs) I have a sweatshirt on. I have on like warm pajama pants and I have my big fluffy panda socks on. And to be clear, by sweatshirt... I mean, you have one of my sweatshirts. Yes, it is a nice, yes. big, cozy sweatshirt. Yes. I like it. You're like lost inside of it. It's my favorite sweatshirt, yeah. in fact. <laughs> so anyway, hi, welcome to the show. Uh, we do have a show to do in just a bit, but apparently, and I don't understand how we were so remiss in this, in our last episode, in our jump in episode Catch up, join us. I don't know, whatever it is, all about onboarding, all about welcome, the onboarding. Intro. Good, on, good yeah. term, onboarding show. Okay. We missed a super important fact really that important. the internet did not hesitate to remind us we had not explained. Yes. What is it? Well, uh, we, for, we we talked about being talking games. We forgot to tell you the escapades that turned us into pandas talking games. Can I stretch it just? Oh, yeah, uh, that's fine. I think this will be the actual story. This is the story, right? Yes. Cool. OK, <laughs> so when we made the show name, like any time you just kick around uh, names for a little while when you're coming up with a show, you don't really know what you're going to call it yet. And you just kind of throw in names at each other. And we eventually settled on talking games because that sounded good right we were talking about games that was logical we actually went back and forth a ton and then went well what are we doing we're making this way too complicated sure we're just talking about games so let's call it talking games honestly that's pretty unique right like who else would be talking about games (laughs) right on a podcast who else could be doing that right shocking yeah no no one else would name their podcast no one else could do that absolutely not so we kick off the podcast in March of 2016. Mm-hmm. We go to Gen Con <laughs> in August of 2016. Uh-huh. And we're hanging around and in different places like Starbucks and like walking down the uh, way. We have like pins and stuff saying talking I, games. I was wearing the shirt with right. our old logo on it. Yes. Exactly. And it and said so, talking games. Right. And so people would keep coming up and be like, oh, like oh, I love your show. Yeah. I'm like, you know, this is weird. There's no way this many people are listening to us. The show is like still pretty new and like so many people because you have to you have to figure like, um, you know, if you have an audience of 
I don't know, a thousand to make numbers easy, right? Then like maybe like a hundred of those people are at Gen Con and then like, you know, I don't know, 10 of them actually run into you, right? Sure. Like the odds are are pretty low. Yeah. Keep going down. So this was not aligning with our understanding of our download numbers. (laughs) So we were like, that's weird. Let's Google that. Mm -hmm. Turns out Mm -hmm. we should have probably Googled it. Yes. When we came up with the name. I would highly recommend you can avoid all of these problems for yourself if you're ever in this situation. Always Google it first. <laughs> Turns out there's another talking game show. I don't even know if they're still around. Do you know if they're? Well, I'll go take I a I have no idea, but it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> doesn't matter because we in 2016. Have Googled. They had been around for a long time and we had not. Uh, Are you still looking? Anyway, looks good. Looks good. Yeah, I think we've out. I think we outran them. Their last episode on Apple Podcasts looks like March fourteenth, twenty nineteen. So, mm, hey, like we've left them in the dust at this point. Yeah, I mean, but that that's okay. It's our it's our name now. It's our name now. We can be talking games again. Well, no, I just I and don't. a mere. Let me just say this: <laughs> two hundred and eleven episodes. <laughs> Well, what are we doing wrong that we don't have as many listeners as that? <laughs> well, they're talking about video games. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's... They were a video game. Their logo has a controller on yeah. the thing. So anyway. anyway, anyway, so we then discovered that there's another podcast called Talking Games and we're Oops. like, oh, shit. <laughs> Luckily, they didn't yell at us, right? They, and they apparently I, didn't, weren't aware of us because we were tiny. Yeah, I was like, I don't... It's not that they didn't yell at us. I think that they never even knew that we existed. Correct, correct. We were like <laughs> below their radar. So we were yeah. like, quick, we need to rebrand this show to yes. make it unique. Mm-hmm. So Panda... Do yeah, you so, remember where Panda oh, came from? How could I forget where Panda God. came from? So Panda came from the smush of the names Phil and Senda. Um, the beginning of Phil and the end of Senda with an A for and, I guess. I don't yes. know. It was always yes. kind of close. Pretty sure that's... Um, so it was Phil and Senda, which is how we ended up with Panda. And we had been using Panda as a code name um, before we decided the name for the show. So our feed and everything, when they were set up, actually already had the name Panda in them. <laughs> yeah, I think that was Chris, right? Like it Chris was, had it was set Chris. that up. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so we had this Panda. There was a direct, like we had directories in our file yes. structure. Like everything it. was already named Panda in on the back end. No, no, I mean, no, nobody else could see it, but we could. Yes. Right? So our emergency rebranding was just to slap the word Panda. Yes, in the, pandas well, talking games. Pandas talking now. games. There is a thing because many times people ask me or us about the apostrophe in pandas talking games, and it is intentional because it's actually a possessive. Um, it's not plural. I mean, you you could read it if we could have made it pandas, as in Phil and I, the pandas plural are talking about games, but it is in fact shorthand for Phil and Senda's talking games possessive right so that's why there is an apostrophe in there um and we made that decision pretty intentionally <laughs> yeah some people get seriously bent yeah grammatically about the, about the apostrophe and we have to come back and be like oh no oh actually no, no, no. like <laughs> it is by intention um very intentional yeah so that's yeah. why it's pandas talking games mm-hmm so cool, cool. That's um That's that. And the moral of the story is always Google the name of the thing that you're about to do before you do the thing. Whether that's naming a game, naming a podcast, whatever it is, oh, you boy. should probably Lesson learned Google on that one. <laughs> right? Lesson learned. Oops. <laughs> 
Anyway, problem solved. We moved on Pandas Talking Games and uh, meant that we got to add um, a fantastic addition to our logo, which is the little panda picture, um, which is more Megan Dornbrock art. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, on from that, that's the panda story that we missed in the last episode, which was already plenty long <laughs> as it was. But on from there, we do actually have a question. We're going to go into our standard format these days for this actual show. So Paige actually emailed us and said, when you are running a PBTA game, what's the balance between driving the session and letting the players drive so that you can still take advantage of the cool things player-driven stories offer without being too aimless? Yeah, it's a great question, right? It is a good question. It's actually a really good question. It is one that I think actually extends beyond PBTA PBTA game. So Paige, don't worry, we're going to get back to the PBTA part at the end. Yeah. But we're going to start by not, we're going to start by taking game system out of this and just looking at the concept of who's driving the narrative. Yeah. Yep. So what do we mean by driving the narrative, which I'm going to turn this back to you because you should do the definition. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. Um, shtick, right? State of shtick. Yes. <laughs> so when uh, when we use the phrase driving the narrative, we are talking about who is taking actions to progress the story further, right? Driving the narrative is taking actions to progress the story further. And what we mean by progress the story further is, for simplicity's sake, refer back to your free togs pyramid, right? What actions are you taking to move from the inciting incident through the rising action to the climax, et cetera, right? We can take other actions, right? We can do other things. They don't necessarily move the story forward. That's progress, right? How are we progressing through the story? And taking actions, who's taking the actions? They are driving the narrative. Ideally, we would like the actions that are being taken to progress the story. That is not always the case. And it is, and I think we've talked about this either here or on the misdirected mark, it is not always bad to not, for everything, it's not always bad if every action does not progress the narrative. Yeah. That's a bad way to say it. You can progress (laughs) the narrative. You don't always have to progress the narrative with an action. That's okay. That's okay. Fair. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But who's when we say driving the narrative, we're talking about who's taking those actions to move the story. Yes. Okay. So highlighted, I think this is best highlighted in PBTA games where it's pretty explicitly stated. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm actually hard pressed to think of one that doesn't specifically say this. It's no, this phrase is actually, yeah. this phrase is actually very common in PBTA games, but it's actually true in nearly all RPGs. Mm-hmm. The game is a conversation between the players and the GM. Mm-hmm. So in this conversation at different times, one side is taking actions and one side is reacting to the actions that have been taken, right? So the side that is taking the actions is the side that is currently driving the story, moving the story through its actual, you know, progress line. So may I give you an example of when the GM drives the narrative? Yes, please. So we're playing and I start talking. As you read the tome, uh, suddenly there is a loud crash in the room and a group of ninjas bust in through the skylight. Yeah. And now so, I, the player, would react to that. Correct. Yes. Cool. So if the players were driving it, 
the players, we might be sitting around at our like lounge or whatever. And we might be sitting there saying something like, man, these ninjas have been following us around everywhere and I'm really sick of it. Let's go take care of this problem. We, we know where they are and we're going to like go attack their lair and just solve this issue once and for all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in that case, you have taken action as players. And if I was the GM, I would now have to figure out what to do as you guys bust in the door and start like beating down some ninjas. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And to be clear, both of these are fine, right? So when we t say that this is a conversation, that means that like this should be a back and forth thing in the same way that, um, you know, having a conversation and invested and listening and, um, you know, involved conversation passes back and forth between the people in the conversation. That driving initiation should be something, you know, that you're handing back and forth. But let's talk more about that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, just to be clear, right? That's the thing is that there are times in the game where the GM is going to drive. There are times in the game where the player is going to drive. And to get back to Paige's question, there is a balance of yes. how that happens. That's what we're here to talk about. And we're going to seek this balance by looking at the extremes first. Right. <laughs> so because they're, they're going to be informative to us, right? They're going to tell us some stuff about the game if we look at when only when it goes to one extreme or the other. Yes. So the first extreme is if only the GM is driving, right? And mm -hmm. this is actually a situation that there's a lot of different ways that we sometimes describe it. So the players are on the rails or in the river. There is a beginning point and the GM just decides where that track takes them, right? They might react to things along the way in the way that their character would react, but there's no deviation from the actual path. It is a canyon, right? Mm -hmm. Um yeah. yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of metaphors. The, the river, yeah, the river, the railroad, rails, the canyon, and I, and I want to avoid railroad because railroad is an agency thing. I, but yeah, it, I did not say railroad. I said correct. on the rails. Yes, <laughs> yes, but yes. Um, uh, and and this one, the players aren't planning or necessarily taking initiative. They are just responding to the things that kind of come at them, right? So they're going down the river, and there's a tree in the river. They respond to the tree, and then they keep going down the river, right? Um, so this is one of those, like, I don't know, <sighs> the players may still feel like they have less agency and they're much more along for the ride, right? Like we're not talking about a railroad as in they don't get to make decisions about how their characters would act or react in specific situations, but the situations that they are allowed to sort of progress through are very limited. Um, and they are just kind of along to hear that story and have those moments of reaction, um, which is, in my opinion, also means a ton of work for the GM, right? This kind of thing takes so much energy to do and a lot of prep and planning. It's pretty impressive to pull off, um, but uh, means that you are the person infusing the energy and the drive and the movement into the table. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's the GM extreme. As a preference, not my fave. Not my fave either. I hate. I personally dislike trying. I have failed to run games like this. I, I have tried, right? Like sure. that was my initial forays into GMing failed because I tried to do this and did not succeed. And I understand why now. Like that's, it's just not going to work for me personally. Um, yeah. And 
again, let's be clear, right? We're not shaming anyone here. If no. somebody is in a group where everybody likes it, where the GM is pretty much driving the game and everyone's reacting because that's what they want. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, heck, um, I think that there are can be pretty successful instances of this as long as everybody's kind of on board. The one that I can think of is um, the podcast Crit Juice, I think is very... Um, it may not be all the way to this extreme, but it is very leaned over to this extreme where the the, the DM really does um, run and push everything um, kind of through um, in terms of the direction that the players are going. Now, this is also partially because the players are drunk, right? <laughs> like, they're very drunk. <laughs> so, you know, that's the situation. But, like, if you want an example of what that sounds like, where it still sounds like it's lots of fun, that would be my example. I okay, personally can't cool. do it. <laughs> yeah. Flip over mm -hmm. to if only the players were to drive the game. Yes. In this case, the players are doing what they want. They initiate all the action in the game. Mm -hmm. They create storylines through their characters' actions, through their goals, their wants, their needs. The GM is always reacting. Right. To some level, they're always playing catch up. There's no real planning the GM can do in advance because it's the player's decision what to do. And from experience and like this will differ for GMs, but I also don't consider myself a rookie GM in any way, shape or form. Your reactions, the GM will be able to react to all this, like any skilled GM will be able to react to this, but your reactions are going to be less nuanced They'll be they'll be simpler. They're going to fall more to your comfort zones than outside your comfort zones. Those kinds of things, because you're on the reaction in real time in the game. Yeah. Uh, the other piece of this, if only the players drive, the players have to be proactive. They can't like they can't slow down and stop because the GM doesn't have anything else in this. Again, extremes, people extremes, right? Yes. Yes. Extremes. These things may only happen in labs, not real. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're playing this thought process out. So stay with us. Sure. Well, right, but, players, but here's players what I would say. Here's what I would say. Um, and maybe this goes better in a second once you've concluded it, but I'm just going to say it because I've already interrupted you. Um, the thing is that we have GMless games. So we know that players can drive story, right? We know that they can do it. Um, and that's, that's like the, the key difference, I think, for me um, between these two extremes. I'm going to make a semantical point here. Okay. While you say they are GMless, and you are correct, there is not a person who embodies all of the responsibilities and roles of the GM. Uh, the the term that we have been trying, sometimes trying to use, is GM distributed. Sure, right? sure, sure. The ro the roles and activities of the GM have been distributed over the players. So at times, players are doing the activities that a GM typically does: set scenes, stuff like that, arbitrate rules, etc. But or, you are correct. Or mechanically, mechanically, the story is like actions are initiated on the player side for them to exactly. react to. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that the reason that those mechanics exist is to prevent players from stalling out. Um, but yes, please continue. We could dive down this rabbit hole for sure. And All have right, so, before. So there's our <laughs> so there's our game, right? Our theoretical game is like the players are just they come in, they do stuff, they drive the game every you know every session. The GM's reacting and playing off of it. When you think of this extreme versus the other extreme, this one actually sounds kind of fun. Like, yeah, it's not it's not undoable, right? Like it still sure. sounds like something I would absolutely play or run. 
Yeah. So I think that says something, right? So it, and, and I think what it says is when one person is just driving the story and everyone else has to react, that's can be a certain type of fun. When all the players are driving things and the GM is reacting to everybody, it's like serving more people. Yeah. Right. Now, I will say this. The challenge of an only players driven game is a very tight, coherent storyline. Mysteries will be a little more difficult. Yes. Political plots will be a little more difficult. Things that require more setup in in terms of NPCs, in terms of what's going on here, those kinds of things, those will be harder to do in player driven games, easier to do in games where GMs drive more. Yeah. But again, when we look at the extremes and we're doing this on purpose, the GM driving everything is less fun. I'm just going to state this, right? This is our opinion. Yep. The GM fully driven GM game is less fun than the player only driven game. Yes. And that's important. Yes. Okay. Cool. So ultimately, we're looking for a balance between these two, right? Because, um, there's, you know, both either either full extreme that we've just talked through, both of them have some challenges, right? But because the game that is fully driven by players is more engaging and is feeding specifically more players and, and involving collaboration for more people, and thus, in our opinion, is more fun. Um, what we want to do when we balance this is we want to have a game that is more player-driven than GM-driven. Mm-hmm. That is our opinion again. <laughs> this is our opinion. You you but, may disagree, but, and your group, again, what's good for your group is good for your group. Right. But asking us. Asking us, this is this is the kind of answer that you will get. Yes. Yes. Um, so let's talk through then when we kind of feel like is the right time for the GM to step in and drive. Yes. So we'll ping pong through these. Yep. The first one is at the start of a session or the start of a story to set up what's going on, right? Like to establish goals, to establish kind of what is at stake here, those kinds of things. Great time for a GM to push in, drive the narrative with an inciting incident, handing off of a mission, whatever it is, right? Just push in and get that story, like get the story rolling. Yes, Give them a What's direction this? to start moving. Mm-hmm. Um, the GM should also drive when they uh, need to create situations and problems, right? Um, so when when the next thing that needs to happen is a new situation, they've stepped into a new situation, a new problem is arising in the plot, that kind of stuff. Um, it's easy for players to create situations and problems between themselves or maybe between themselves and and NPCs, it's harder for them to create situations and problems with the world at large um, just because it's more difficult to work in that space unless it's something you've like specifically explicitly negotiated and set up going into this game, right? Exactly. Next one, and I think this is really one of probably the most important ones, Mm -hmm. is the GM should drive when the players don't know what to do next. Yeah. Sometimes players run out of information. Sometimes players haven't synthesized all the information they have to know where to go next. They stall out. Mm -hmm. And you just know this because all of a sudden the players are like 
sitting around or they're hypothesizing too much. They're just, you know, they're what if, what if this, what if it means this, what if we like, what if we did this, what if we do that, that kind of thing. Those are great moments yeah. where the GM slides back into the driver's seat and pushes the narrative forward. Yes. Um, and I think the key there again is anytime the players don't understand their goal, like clarify and give them a goal so that they can then take action again. Right. Mm-hmm. The last one is the GM should also drive um, to break up when the players have been driving for a long time. And this is a beats thing, right? So like if it's been a while and the players are driving, players are driving and players are driving, um, it's okay to jump in as the GM to change up the situation, spice it up, make it a little bit different and introduce a situation or a problem, et cetera, right? Just to keep that story or the feeling or the reactions evolving instead of getting static. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. When should players drive? Yeah, players. Yay. Uh, Players should drive when they are finding information, exploring, figuring out what's going on, right? That should always be stuff that the players are doing and in you know deciding how they're going to do and how they're going to approach and like all of the pieces of gathering the information that they need to understand the world right yeah exactly players should drive when it comes to solving problems mm-hmm. this is the corollary to gm set up problems players solve problems yes Right. You don't want the GM driving the solution to a problem. Absolutely not. <laughs> right. That's that one's a hard, hard line. GMs don't can't solve the problem for you. In fact, that's why GM NPCs usually have a bad name. But I know there's whole episodes about that elsewhere. So not going to let us fall down that rabbit hole. But that is literally why GM NPCs get a, a bad rap. Right. Because um, mm-hmm. they jump in and solve the problem for you. Um Players should dive, obviously, when they are interacting with each other. So whenever you have a scene that is between players um, where they are, you know, having a dramatic scene, whether doing planning, etc. Obviously, the players are driving those scenes because they are the ones who are involved in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like, stay out. <laughs> um, yeah, just, just don't. <laughs> Until yeah, they no. peter out. When they, If they don't know what to do, that's where the other one, like the GM comes in. But... Exactly. But if they know what they're doing, you stay out. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a moment in GMing and I have this happen a lot, especially in my aux game, because the players are really good at this, where the players will get really chatty with one another. Yeah. And it's just banter. Yeah. Right. Like they're chatting back and forth. They're making jokes with each other or whatever. And there's story to go. Right. Like there's things that need to be done or whatever, even if it's like tense, like the, you know, engine of the ship is starting to you know overload or whatever and they start getting into this banter as a general rule i lay back yeah like i will for lack of better term take my foot off the gas and let it coast a little so that the players can keep bantering and when the banter starts to die down i will reintroduce the pending problem yeah well because if they're doing it and they're in character like you got it. Like you're in the game. You don't have to push anything. We're in the space together. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lastly, uh, this one's also important. Let the players drive when they have a goal they want to achieve. When the player sits down at the table and is like, my character is killing the overlord today. Mm -hmm. Right. Or whatever it is. Like I've had enough of this shit. It's going down today. Lean back and be like, cool. How does this start? Yeah. How are we doing it? <laughs> yeah. Tell how me how are we doing it's going. This? Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Okay, so ultimately what we're saying here is you want to pass back and forth who's driving. You always want to be doing that. But we're saying that if you look over the course of a session, players should drive more than GMs. Yeah. GMs should initiate things, kick off a story, introduce a problem, those kinds of things. But then players should take action to find information, solve problems, and sometimes even initiate their own actions outside of the story. Yeah, I mean, if we were to, I think, take even a step further back and generalize this even more, um, as a GM, it's your responsibility to um, give players a reason to act. And then it is always the player's um, initiative to act on that in whatever way they are going to, right? Yep. And to drive from that point, like if they have a reason so that they understand what their goal is and they're the ones who are going to decide what their goal is, which may align with what you thought you were setting up or not, right? Like if you were trying to set up, I want you to save the king, but they're like, wow, actually we really don't like him and we're going to go make sure that he gets killed by this assassin. Like, cool. They have a goal. Go. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Exactly. Give them a reason to take action um, and be involved in your plot and then go. So cool. Now, to go back to Paige's yeah. original question, let's take everything we just said, apply it to a PBTA game. Yes. Cool. So in a PBTA game, as a GM, you specifically drive to present problems, right? Um, to make soft and hard moves. And when the players don't know what to do or pause, like most PBTA games actually lay these things out really specifically and specifically tell you that you can take a move when your players get stuck, um, basically. And again, this is this is that from a generalized viewpoint, we're talking about situations that require the players to take action, creating mm -hmm. situations for them, right? Yeah. Um, otherwise, let the players drive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the PBTA games will actually tell you pretty well, like when to get in there, right? So start some shit. Yeah, start <laughs> right? some shit. Start some shit. <laughs> See what happens. Set the players loose. Yeah. And really, your your biggest times for driving in a PBTA game are the, the all of your driving in a PBTA game is made through moves. And basically, when you make a move falls into a couple places, right? Soft and hard moves are usually the result of a six minus or a seven to nine. Yes. And then most games and a lot of some newer GMs miss this. Most PBTA games will also tell you to take a move when the players pause or say, I don't know. Yes. So it is actually OK as a GM to initiate, like to drive plot in a PBTA game. Like there's a, a sometimes a misunderstanding that players should do this or the moves should dictate when that happens. Those things are also very true. But that line about when the players pause, rest or don't know what to do that you can take a move. Yeah. Take a move. Take a move. Yep. When you're ready to drive, take a move. Yes. So. Yes. And again, we'll go back to what we were saying. We think the best PBTA games are played when the majority of the narrative is being driven by players and the rest of it being driven by the GM, where the GM just comes in at specific times and gives a push when needed. Yeah. And, and I mean, when people um, get 
uh, you know, a, a six minus or even a seven to nine, um, and you get to take some of those moves, that will also continue to help you drive the story, right? Those are your opportunities to continue shaping it and creating um, reasons for the players to act. But but yeah, I think the really key thing is when you need to, <laughs> you know, when you need to keep the story moving, when they don't know what to do, whatever it is, take a move. Yeah. Yeah. And use the moves, like just use the moves. They're yeah. great. They're super broad in every one of those PBTA games. They're great. You can um, put some serious spin on what each one of those moves actually means mm -hmm. and uh, and kick it, you know, kick them back into play. Yeah, they're they're really there to help make sure that you stay in genre and in brand kind of with the game. And that's why they're there sort of as a as as specificity, just to keep you steer, steered in the right direction. You don't have to guess and you don't have to come up with it yourself. It's just a list, a pick list for you to jump in there and uh, and continue to create story and drive. Absolutely. Get things moving again. Right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So in wrapping up, I think we've been pretty clear that we think that player driven games, the majority of a game being played by players is more fun than the majority being driven by GM. Yeah. There is obviously outliers to this as all things in the internet. There are certain yep. games that do better when the GM drives a bit more. Yeah. One shots sometimes also do better when the GM drives a little bit more because if you're, if you're trying to achieve a certain thing. Yes, if you're trying to achieve a certain thing or you're trying to stay within very specific time frame and accomplish everything, etc. Like there are other factors right. that are going we're to not, mess with this. We're not villainizing, no. just, to, just to be clear, <laughs> we're not villainizing heavily GM driven games. Not at all. But our preference, mm -hmm. our preference, it's our show. We can say this. <laughs> our preference is more player driven. It's the reason that I can't. I'm trying to remember the last time that my home group played not a PBTA game. Yeah, I mean, they're I mean, look, those games are great, they're great. for your for your group. They are. I've actually been playing a lot of not PBTA games, but I You've actually still follow. Yeah. I've actually still follow most of this in the games that I run. Yeah, you do. It doesn't actually differ that much. Mm -mm. It's just that there aren't specific moves. I just push in when I need to push it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, in order for us to get to the closing, uh, we need to talk about a show on the Misdirected Mark Network. And today... <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing a drum roll on the desk. Drum, drum roll? I don't know how well we that actually can get... actually be heard, but go for it. <laughs> We actually get to talk about a new show oh on the gosh. Misdirected Mark Network. That's been a little while since we've had one of those. Yep. Senda, what's the show? Yeah, the show is called Thaco with Advantage. And this is Jared uh, Rasher and Angela Murray. If you um, have read any Gnome Stew articles or listened to the Gnomecast, those are some voices you have probably heard before. Um, they are delightful to listen to and delightful to record with. Somehow, like the last... I don't even know how many gnomes do um, podcast episodes that I've been on. Like they were all with Jared and Ange and it was, you know, it's a delight. So basically, hey, um, so it's basically two friends bantering and talking about D&D, um, sharing insights about the games that were running in their campaign journal, tackling subjects that affect the game in the DM's workshop. Um, talking about things related to D&D and downtime research to help make your game better or make you smile, and occasional ancient factoids about previous editions of D&D that you'll never use. And that's Thacko with Advantage. So the feed should be up by the time you are listening to this podcast. Um, but go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Those, those two folks are fantastic. 
I usually make them laugh a lot. And like when I just make people laugh a lot by saying words, I like to talk to them. (laughs) I I particularly like the name of the show. Everything you need to know about it is right there. It's really, it's really smart. I bet they Googled it before they named it that. I hope they did. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they did. Anyway, say send it. Where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games, or you can find us on the forums, um, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com, which is what Paige did, which is why we are talking about this topic today. Um, or you might be able to dig us up on the Tiki Talkies. And if you do, then I will, uh, and you send us something there, then I will grab that audio. Um, and Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Absolutely. Like Paige did today, uh, throw us out a question. Ask us uh, something about gaming, a question you have, a topic you're interested in, something you just want to hear our opinion on. Like maybe you already have your own opinions, but you're like, I wonder what these two think about it. Like throw it out our way. We love answering those things. Our ultimate goal, the whole reason we are here is to help you run more better games. Yeah, it's like car talk for games. That's our new tagline. Yeah, we are car talk (laughs) for games, right? We want want your game to run smoothly because it just works like this. If your game runs smoothly, you will run more games. If you are running more games, more people get to play in them and you will play more games either the same game multiple times or if you're like us, polygamers, you will play many different games throughout your GMing tenure. uh, And that's great. That's great for the hobby. It's great for you. It's just great all around. So that's what we want. We That's what we want for you. And we're here to help. If you like what we do here or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark network, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get access to the awesome Slack Room for Life. That includes many, many different topics from recipes, gaming, tech talk, people just complaining about their days, uh, all of that stuff. We have a Friday luncheon on Zoom. You can just Zoom in with us. We usually have a topic that we hold to. We don't hold to it too hard, but we do try to go around and share. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did one, bring your favorite dice to lunch. That was fun. Um, that was actually fun. That people loved that one. <laughs> we will wind up doing that one again in the future. People yeah. people were like all excited, like pulling out dice. And I got I this was, one. I, I got that one. I was pulling out yeah. dice. I was like rummaging around. Like it yeah. was great. Yep. Yeah, this is a lot of fun, but we do different, different topics each week. Uh, you also get access to the Bamboo Lounge. And the after show from the Misdirected Mark, places where the hosts kind of cool down after their show and just uh, chit and chat, so to speak. <sighs> One last thing before we take off and head to the Bamboo Lounge ourselves. There is a thing you can do that helps this show uh, that's outside of patroning the show. If you can patron the show, we would love it. It helps greatly. But if you can't, this one last thing, just a little bit of your time. We know your time's important, but just a little bit of your time helps us greatly, which is spread the word. Tell other people about Pandas Talking Games. Throw some links up on social media, those kinds of things, right? Yes, um, you can. I said your part. I'm you sorry. Did, I'm, you've left me with. I'm like, I don't know what to say now. I don't know. Just a, just you agree can, and kick us out of you here. You can also leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast of your choice, which is another way to tell a stranger that you like this show. And maybe they'll come listen to it. And then maybe we'll be as popular as the talking game podcast that was video games that we didn't Google about. So, um, you know what? thank you you're so much. You're popular if you're still going. <laughs> But we're still here. Um, Yes. So thanks so much to everybody. I bet we have better chemistry. (laughs) 
who's already left a review. I'm just guessing. And to everybody say, who's going to leave a review. <laughs> just saying. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, say Senda, mm-hmm. what player driven thing are you planning to do in your next Brindlewood Bay game? Hmm. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Yay! This time we have audio. We should do yeah, yeah. Before we say anything important, we should do the things that we need to do for Ryan. Oh, sure. Uh, do our clap first and then our sound gate. Well, I was going to say, why don't we do the count? Yeah. And because because if we do the clap, we'll just get the internet delay again. Like the count is easier to. Align. Also, I have no rhythm. So if we clap, that's yeah. not going to help. Like I'm a- always off. I'm the kid who um, had anxiety <laughs> about the um, song Bingo as a kid because I never <laughs> clapped right for Bingo. Like, okay. And we're back. I want you to know that there was like a little bit there where you looked a little concerned about counting down from time. <laughs> my hand, I was like, <laughs> my fingers don't do this. <laughs> I don't do this with this hand. You got to hang out with different people. Wow. <laughs> I do. Keep... Do the count. Do the count. Bloop. Wow. 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 Okay. Ready? I'm going to do one and then we're going to do the four. Okay. One. To four. <laughs> is that sufficient i was just messing with you ryan i'm sorry i'm sorry i'll stop now all right i'll do it serious go ahead, go ahead. okay okay Bloop. okay <laughs> a little unpredictable there bam gotcha you don't see that coming did you just do a bum bum on your I desk <laughs> i don't have a stream deck i just have desk and big palms <laughs> <laughs> See now that Ryan's editing is. To you, Grandma, say, you have what big palms you have. You, you say, sh- you, did you really? Sh- I'm not editing this. You know that I'm. I'm not editing this. I know. I just wanted to give Ryan something to put into the, you know, to the bonus part of the show. Enjoy. Use at your own discretion. I'm fine. <laughs> well, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. <laughs> I'm good. Bloop. Hmm. Boy, I thought we were just going to leave it at making like big eyes at each other in silence before we both cracked up for a while. Sure, that's right? funny like, for you and I, but not for funny. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's like, why is there like why is there sense? Did something go wrong? Was there a technical problems? No. <laughs> No, we're on Zoom. We're making eyes at each other. Like, people can't see that. <laughs> Poor Ryan. Ryan's part of the show now. Okay, now I'm hot and I need to take off my sweater. <laughs> well, that's going to ruin my bit in a second, but all right. Bloop. Okay, should we, do you want to start? <laughs> do I want to start the show? I do actually want to yeah. start the show. Yeah, okay. Sure, now, I'm, now I'm like nervous. Bloop. Do, 
Insert mental image of both. Both. Both is good. That gift. That's the one we needed. Show me what you got. 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 